So coaching is sometimes difficult to explain, therefore it's difficult to understand, and yet uh, the, the impact that I'm able to make on the operators that I work with is palpable, right? It's difficult um, uh, to, for you to, to grasp it, to understand, because it's mysterious. It, it happens behind closed doors, but I'm trying to shed some light on that relationship between a coach and a client. I'm doing that here on this podcast, because in addition to being the podcast host of Restaurant Strategy, I'm also a restaurant coach. I work with owners and operators all over the world to help them improve the profit of their restaurant. So I'm doing this, uh, sharing these conversations so that you understand a little bit better, so you can see the impact we're making, but most importantly, so you can get something out of these conversations because there's tons of value. That is especially true today. I'm sitting down with a guy named Chance Curtis. He's the GM of Understory Bar. Uh, it's out. Uh, it's a craft cocktail bar in the San Diego area. This is a great conversation. Hope you get a ton out of it. Don't go anywhere. There's an old saying that goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast with answers for anyone who's looking. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close and this is Restaurant Strategy, a podcast dedicated solely to helping you build a more profitable and a more sustainable business. Each week I leverage my 20 plus years in the industry to help you build that more profitable business. I also work directly with owners and operators all over the world through my P3 Mastermind program. What are the three P's? They stand for profit, process, and progress. We work through problems in a systematic fashion, beginning with profitability. If you're curious to learn more, then please get in touch. Visit restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. Schedule a free call with me. We'll talk about you, your business. You'll get to learn more about the program, ask some questions about the program to see if you're a good fit for the program. Again, if you're generating a lot of revenue, if you've been around for a while, you're just having trouble dropping enough money, a consistent, predictable profit to the bottom line to get in touch. Again, restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. Uh, that link is in the show notes. Now, Thousands of restaurants across the country use KickFin to send instant cashless tip payouts directly to their employees' bank accounts the second their shift ends. It's a really simple solution to a really big problem. Because let's face it, paying out cash tips to your workers day after day, shift after shift, is kind of a nightmare. Tedious tip distribution takes managers away from work that matters. It's hard to track payments, which leads to accounting and compliance headaches. Plus, cash tip-outs create the perfect opportunity for theft. And guess what? There's never enough cash on hand to pay out those tips. So managers are constantly having to make bank runs. Bottom line, there's never been a secure, efficient way to tip out until now. Meet KickFin. KickFin is an easy-to-use software that sends real-time cashless tip payouts straight to your employees' bank accounts 24-7, 365. Tipping out with KickFin gives managers and operators hours back in their day. It makes reporting a breeze and protects your business from mistakes and theft. And employees love it, so it's one of the best recruiting tools out there. Best of all, restaurants can have KickFin up and running overnight. Employees can enroll in seconds, no hardware, no contracts, no setup fees. Get in touch today for a personalized demo and see how restaurants and bars across the country are tipping out with KickFin. Visit kickfin.com demo. As always, you'll find that link in the show notes. 
So uh, we're doing something, again, a little bit different on today's episode. You guys know I've done a couple of these already where we do uh, coaching in real time. We just hit the record button. Uh, a lot of people that I talk to, a lot of restaurant owners out there, a lot of operators don't know what coaching is, and they feel sort of sheepish about uh, bringing on a coach. They feel like they're, uh, they're not worthy of coach. They don't understand it. It feels like something... Um, uh, something just uh, just only reserved for big, you know, premier athletes and CEOs of big Fortune 500 companies, but it's not. I've been doing it now for many, many years, and the impact that I'm able to make and that coaches all over are able to make um, on businesses is huge. And so I'm now just using this podcast as an opportunity to sort of um, let you guys peek behind the curtain so you can see what coaching really is all about, because it can be really powerful. Uh, my guest uh, on today's show, I'm going to let him introduce himself, uh, but his name is Chance Curtis. He's the GM of a place called Understory Bar out in the San Diego area. Uh, Chance, welcome to the show. Uh, tell me all about uh, tell me all about the the bar, the restaurant. Tell me what's what it's all about. All right, thanks for having me, Chip. So, uh, Understory is uh, primarily a craft cocktail bar uh, in the middle of a restaurant collective in Denver Highlands. So, the restaurant collective is called the Sky Deck. So, you know, we don't prep or serve any food. You know, we're strategic. Specifically, uh, just craft cocktails, wines, spirits, and beer. Uh, however, when guests are with us, they have access to a geolocated QR code. They can then scan that QR code and order from the different concepts that surround us. Those concepts will then plate the items and deliver them directly to where the uh, guest is seated. So, you know, Amazing. you kind of have a little bit of best of both worlds with our uh, cocktails and wines. Yeah, for sure. And when, uh, when did you guys open this place? So we opened June of 2021. We'll be celebrating two years in a couple months. Great. It's excellent. And you and I got connected out through Bar and Restaurant Expo. Uh, I yeah. was out there speaking. You were there. Did you bring your team out there? What, what brought you out to Bar and Restaurant Expo? So um, actually, last year was my second year going. Um, the first year I went, uh, I made the mistake of just going to the trade show, you know, getting all the free booze, having a good time, going yeah. to the parties, <laughs> and you know, just networking that way. Uh, I did go to a few classes. I was like, oh, this is really good. Uh, so this year, uh, my goal was to do all classes and very little trade show um, because yep. I feel as though it's important to be a student of indie industry that you're in. Um, and so for me to be successful, um, um, for my team to be successful and for the bar to be successful, I needed to get as much knowledge um, that I didn't know that I didn't know, if that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. It's the reason I love that show so much. I think it's the reason so many of uh, the speakers go out there and love to speak at that show because the dynamic's just different there. You get hundreds and hundreds, and you can attest to this. I mean, yeah. I go to give a talk, and there are hundreds of people in that room. I mean, in some rooms, it's standing room only. And, and it's a cool energy that everybody's coming out there, all these owners and operators who are very accomplished, running uh, very busy places, very profitable places, but they come out to learn, to learn things that they don't know, th new ways of, uh, of thinking. And, and I find that even translates down into the trade floor, that, um, that rather than the attendees getting attacked by salespeople, which, which can sometimes happen at any trade show, I find it's the attendees that are going right up to the um, to the salespeople and saying, this is the problem I have. I want to know more about your solution. Can your solution solve the problem that I have? And they're yes. sort of, the salespeople are sort of put back on their heels uh, because people are going, they're curious, they're, uh, they're, they're trying to get, um, get answers to the to the questions that they have. It's a, it's a really cool energy uh, for a show that, like you said, gives booze away and has parties every night. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So, so did you go out alone, or did you bring some of your team out with you? No. So uh, this time I, I went alone. Uh, last year there were uh, some team members that went with me, um, but yep. I knew that if I went alone, I would stick to you know my plan of just getting the education, uh, networking a little bit, going back to my room, studying, and getting work done. Uh, I knew if I brought some folks with me, <laughs> uh, I probably would not have made some of those early morning classes that I enjoy so much. Yeah, peer pressure. Yeah, it's it's really great. And again, with the show is that there's a full trade show floor, but then there are classes and seminars and workshops going on and panel discussions yeah. like every single hour of all three days of the show. And, and in particular, the first day of the show, there is no trade floor. It's not open yet. Yeah. It's just all of these uh, workshops and seminars. That's when I went out to, to speak when, when you and I got connected. So mm -hmm. we had a quick phone call a couple of weeks ago because, uh, again, we connected at the show and you were sort of game for doing this. Um, this sort of coaching in real time and, uh, and agreeing to turn on the microphone. And I know how weird that is, so I thank you for your willingness to do that. Um, we talked about a couple of things, but but talk to me a little bit about, so Understory, again, Craft Cocktail Bar at, at, a, at a very high level. Not only are you guys doing sort of high-touch, you know, high-concept cocktails, but you're doing volume, too. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big sort of energized place. You guys are very busy. You're generating a lot of revenue. So give uh, everyone a context of sort of the, the level that you guys are at revenue-wise. Um, so right now, um, last year we finished the year. We netted uh, 1.997. Um, this year yep. we're, of course, looking to increase that between 5 and 8%. Um, you know, with the rising costs in alcohol, um, the labor costs in California, uh, we went from $15 an hour to $16.30 an hour. Uh, and yep. just, you know, all the other rising costs uh, that go along with that is making it challenging a little bit, you know, but every week, every month, we're looking to be better, you know, than we were the previous month. Um, you know, I kind of take my friend's model. He was in the seals um, that they used to say all, all the time. The only easy day was yesterday. Uh, and yeah. we use that, you know, to make sure that we're staying ahead of the curve, uh, not being gimmicky, trendy, but staying in the forefront of the guest mind. So talk to me then. So given you're two years in, you're generating a lot of revenue. It's profitable. It's working. The, the, the concept works. Um, mm -hmm. Where are you now? And this is these are the best conversations I, I get to have when people have a concept that works, that's proven, um, and they're just trying to tune up. They're just trying to get better, uh, better than they were yesterday, better than they were last year. So talk to me as you're thinking about moving forward. Um, what are sort of the biggest challenges or what's, what's, um, what's looming in your mind? Where do you want to focus? And vis-a-vis -vis that, how can I, how might I be able to help you sort of uh, untangle that or, or get some focus on it. Definitely. Um, you know, our biggest focus, um, you know, when talking with the partners um, in our weekly ops meeting is increasing sales and being more efficient with our cost. So that's, you know, the biggest problem. I wouldn't call it a problem, but our biggest um, idea that we're trying to fix or, you know, yep. get in a solution for. So, you know, at the area that we're in, it is very unpredictable. Uh, on a Monday, it can be a ghost town um, this week. And then next week, we're doing the same numbers that we're doing on a Thursday or Friday. Uh, on a mm -hmm. Tuesday or Wednesday, you know, it could, you know, do very well, you know, profitability wise. Uh, or we could just be doing $1,600 in sales and our labor is at 40%. Um, so, you know, it's just trying to figure out 
um, the best way to balance the entire week, as well as to be kind of more efficient with what we're doing with our time, um, how we're getting the guests to come in, and how we're just getting keeping them excited about coming in week after week after week um, to our location, not just ours, but of course, um, the surrounding concepts. Yeah, for sure. Talk to me about, let's talk about marketing for a second. And I want to yeah. use that to sort of dig a little bit deeper this. I mean, I'm sure you've, you know, as the GM of the property, I'm sure you've uh, stressed a lot about this, about this, you know, how do you make forecasts if you can't tell whether the Monday is going to be a, a boom or a bust? So talk yeah. to me about, I mean, surely there must be some reasons, even in hindsight, are you able to look back and say, oh, that's why we were so busy this Monday, or, or, or that's why we were so dead on this Wednesday or Thursday? Are there... Are there answers that you can find, or is it always just a mystery? No, uh, I would say it's a mix of answers that we can find as well as a mystery. So the answers that we can find are, you know, dealing with um, weather. Uh, even though we're inside, you know, people will look outside like, oh, well, I'm not going to go out today. Um, or it can just be, you know, other events surrounding us that cause our clientele to just, okay, I'm going to take a pace right now and I'll probably go out again this weekend. You know, so, you know, the car, sh the car shows, um, just for example, weekend two of Coachella just passed and then weekend one last week. So, you know, our clientele go to that and then next week is stagecoach and then the following week is stagecoach weekend two. So, you know, those things kind of help with the predictability, but also when there's nothing going on, People just decide, hey, I don't want to go out today. I'll go out tomorrow or I'll just wait till the weekend, uh, especially with a lot of our clientele are now, you know, more remote and they're not going in the office as much as they used to. Uh, they're yep. going in the office maybe two, three weeks. I mean, excuse me, two, three days a week. And so now we're trying to predict you know, that happy hour when they're going to come in, uh, because our peak time is always the same. But as far as like the days that we have, uh, we're slammed, busy, um, or consistent, those are, you know, predictable, unpredictable, you know, so Thursday through Saturday, and then on our Sunday brunches, that's a given, but Monday through yep. Wednesday is, is definitely where, you know, we try and figure it out a little bit. Great. So uh, that's not unique. I mean, uh, plenty of the listeners will sit here and say, yeah, it's the same problem I have. Monday through Wednesday, yeah. I, I'm usually down, um, but some random days I, I'm up. So then talk to me now. I'll, I'll get back to that first question. Talk to me about your marketing. Um, talk to me about how you, know, how you roll out, how you think about your marketing plan, what sort of strategy you have in place? How do you communicate with your people? How do you talk about what you're doing, what you got going on? And if you look and you say, hey, we got a quiet Monday, what are sort of the triggers you can pull to turn, you know, to turn a bad day into a good day? Talk to me about your marketing. Yeah. So as far as marketing goes, um, I'm a little bit of a psycho. Uh, I plan uh, quarters at a time. Uh, but right. then I give my, myself and our team room to make adjustments here or there. So like any events that we have coming up during that quarter um, or that we're scheduling, you know, we do our best to do a content shoot um, at the beginning uh, of yep. the quarter as well as at the end of this previous quarter so that way we can roll out um, video we can roll out um, pho photography or even if we're just doing a random spotlight uh, on our uh, team uh, so you know we market via social media so instagram a little bit on tiktok uh, facebook 
we do the SEOs, you know, we do the paid ads. Uh, so, you know, we, we do things quarterly. And so within those quarters, we're just focused on, you know, what's going on then and fixing it. So that way the next quarter, if we're doing a similar event, we can definitely get better. You know, the goal is always to get better when it comes to marketing, any events that we're doing or any collaborations with uh, brands and spirits that we're doing uh, that quarter or that month. Yeah. Talk to me about, uh, do you guys have an email list? So we do have an email list um, because we use Toast uh, for uh, POS and we also use Talk for reservations. So, you know, we have that email list that we use uh, and we do email blasts, um, you know, twice a month. We try not to, to spam our guests because we all get millions of emails. And so just hearing from our neighborhood bar is not something we want to do every week. So we just do it twice a month. Uh, you know, the beginning of the month, what we have going on that month, and then the second part of the month, what we have going on the, the, the following month. So uh, I guess this is the first little bit of advice, and longtime listeners of the show will know what I'm about to say. Um, you shouldn't feel bad about hitting that list once a week minimum, and I really mean that. Now, you said okay. you don't want to spam your list, and I can appreciate that. So I would say... Here's the, here's the question I always ask, right? Like, why do you want them on your list? You want them on your list, obviously, so you can communicate to them, so you can sell to them. Mm -hmm. But twist that around and think to yourself, and every restaurant answers this in a different way, every, every business does, but why would they want to join your list? So yeah, maybe they want to find out about the events you got going on, the, the, what DJ is going to be where, what, you know, what new cocktails, whatever. Maybe they want to know. But that's you just telling them what you want them to know rather than you telling them something that they might want to know. Mm -hmm. This is one key way. If you can free yourself up to saying, hey, I'm going to send at least one a week and just challenge yourself to do one a week. And since you're a planner, since you plan out quarterly, this will be right up your alley. But I always say plan out your next 12 email communications. When you do that, you suddenly realize to yourself, because you said it yourself a second ago, um, we can't spam. I don't want to spam people. So you got to imagine 80% of those communications, you can't sell anything. Or if there is something to sell, it's a soft sell, right? I always give the example where I say, hey, introducing our new lineup of spring cocktails, right? And here's the recipe to one of our favorites. And you literally have a picture of the, of the, uh, of the cocktail, and then you share the recipe with them. You just give it away. Because you guys will come up with, I'm imagining, 40, 50, 60 cocktails over the course of a year. So, yeah. right? So, yeah. so who cares if you give one of them away every quarter? You know? And the, the cool thing that happens there, they go, oh, my God. They, they just gave me this. What's going to happen is that they're going to have guests over and, you know, for Sunday dinner, Saturday dinner, for a dinner party. And they're going to make this cocktail. They say, hey, well, let's make these and let's start off the meal with that. Right. And then the guests say, oh, my God, this is fantastic. How did you You have to give me this recipe? So oh, I actually got this from Understory Bar. I'm on their email list and they actually uh, they actually just send this out. They send really cool emails out, actually, like once a week. One of the things they do every once in a while is they just give away one of their recipes. Mm -hmm. No one is getting that and saying, sweet, I got the recipe. Now I don't have to go there. Like that's never going to happen. You are not yeah. cutting yourself out. But what you're you're not losing yourself business is what I mean. But what happens is you inject yourself in a conversation. You're now part of a conversation you otherwise had no right to be in. Because now this couple has three other couples, 
and maybe two or three, maybe everybody at the in the room has never heard of your place. But now they just had one of your, you know, terrific cocktails, and then they're planning out and say, oh my God, we have to take it. I've never been. This is great. Oh, it's so much fun. We have to go sometime. Okay. By the end of the night, like what happens at a dinner party? So this is so much fun. We got to do this again sometime. We should do this next week. We should do next month when we get together. We should go and do it at Understory. You guys are going to love it there. The thing is, you gave something away that costs you nothing, right? It costs you mm -hmm. nothing to do. Um, and yet, you're being generous, you're providing value to the list, and you give them then, that's one way of answering the question, why would they wanna be on the list? They wanna be on the list because they get really cool com uh, communications, they get recipes every once in a while, and then what I would do is I would challenge you to say, you gotta send 12 emails this quarter, what are the, map out those 12 emails. I just gave you an idea for one, right? An idea to give away a cocktail recipe. As you're, as you're, right, and you're going to come up to summer, you're going to, you're going to do a refresh on the list. Uh, so it's easy to say, hey, introducing our new summer cocktails, we got five great additions or whatever it is. And here's one of our favorites. Make it this weekend. It's a, it's a real crowd pleaser, right? A, a terrific little patio sipper. You're going to, your guests are going to love it. Right? You're just sort of cueing the behavior. And then at the bottom of that email, you just have a little call to action, a little button that says, you know, and if you want to join us, this is the best way to reserve your table. And it takes them to your talk page or your reserve page or whatever. That's one email where you're just providing 100% value. Yes, the soft sell is, and if this is exciting to you, come and have us tr make it for you. But really, there's no expectation. You're just giving stuff away. And when you challenge yourself to do 10 of those, so maybe just the first of every month. So three of those 12 are your emails of, this is everything we've got going on this month. But I would find other opportunities to, to communicate with them and to just provide value. Share your story. Share a story about one of your bartenders or one of your bussers or your you know, somebody in the, in, the, in the property. Tell stories about the space, about the cocktails, about the history. Just talk about, hey, here's the history of an old fashioned. I don't know. Here's the history of a Negroni. There are a million riffs on this very classic cocktail. It goes all the way back to the 1700s or whatever it is, right? Share those stories. Educate. So there's a, there's a thing they always talk about when it comes to content, right? They say the ED model, E-D-I-E. -E. Educate, demonstrate, inspire, or entertain. That's how you make your content really, really land. Um, nowhere in there does it say sell. So I'm, I'm very sensitive to what you're saying where you don't want to sell, but I would say that's one key way where people then start looking forward to hearing from you every week, maybe yeah. twice a week, some weeks. That makes sense? No, it makes, a, it actually, it's really good. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, I never thought of so, it that way. And um, I'm definitely going to use this in my meeting this week. It, it, it's so, I, look, uh, listen, I'm, I'm glad. The, the bottom line is you come from a place of like being afraid to annoy your guests. And if you flip it around and you think, man, my, my guests love us so much, they came and spent a night and spent money and are now on our list, like we owe it to them to just keep them excited. I always say there's, there's a way of thinking about it, which is like, how can you extend the hospitality mm -hmm. beyond the four walls? How do you extend the experience? This is one way that you can extend the experience beyond the four walls of when they're in your bar and when you do that, it changes the relationship you have with them. Then you're more top of mind. Then they think of you more favorably. Man, 
this guy's giving away, I used to do this all the time. I give away like searing secrets or a risotto recipe or a cocktail recipe or, you know, here are, the, here are five great uh, champagnes to look for in your wine store. You know, we, and we would partner with like the wine shop down the, down the street at one of the restaurants I worked with. So like, hey, do you guys have these five? And we would go in and say, hey, we want a feature. It's not us. We're not making any money from this. But what are five great rosés people can look for, you know, that people can look for this spring, the spring and summer? And we would partner with them and say, hey, we asked the expert down here or our sommelier went, you know, our wine director went scrolling, went, uh, strolling through the aisles at such and such wine store and here are the best five wines you can get there. Here are his five favorite wines, and here are the shops around town where you can get them. Like, when you start doing that, you're like, it doesn't even help us. But they just, they're going to come in, and they're going to go, oh, my God, we tried that rosé you, you recommended, and it was like such a hit at my daughter's graduation party. Again, you're sort of, you know, injecting yourself in conversations that you otherwise have yeah. no right to be in. Yeah, I mean, I like it because now via email, you're truly becoming uh, that neighborhood bar and the place where people can go and, you know, be a part of kind of like cheers. Everybody knows your name. That's right. And and you just keep, you know, it builds it builds uh, rapport with them. Right. If it's just transactional. Right. And mm -hmm. sort of what you said. And, and I don't mean this in, in, a, in the wrong way. I, just, I think you do what a lot of restaurants do. But like, let's just take the transactional aspect out of it. Like, here are all the things we've got going on. Which one do you want to be a part of? And somebody says, I will be a part of this one. I will come give you money on this date. And all that's fine. And you take care of them when they're there. But what if you extended all the care you go? I mean, I'm going to include the link in the show notes. But like, you got to look through their wine, uh, their cocktail list. The cocktail list is top notch at your guy's place. I mean, it really is. It's so cool. Appreciate the kind of operator that would go to that, the lengths to create a cocktail menu that looks like that and feels like that should be doing something like that. You can talk about the uh, the artists who do, where do you guys see these, the cocktail um, illustrations that, uh, there's an illustration that accompanies each cocktail. You can do a story on like how you come up with those or the artists that you work with who designs those. Like that's a story like everybody always loves our book, always loves our yeah. uh, cocktail book every season. And so they here's a little background. Yeah, they steal them. Of course they do. <laughs> I would. <laughs> Unabashed. It, when I come, uh, I'll be in Southern California in August. So when I come, um, you just have to check my bag because I'm going to take it. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Again, when you guys uh, when you guys see the link, again, it's in the show notes. Um, you have to go check it out. But but tell me, there's not a story there. There is a story there, and I'm yeah. get I'm guessing that your people would love to know about it. Maybe not all of them. Maybe they're busy. Maybe they're not going to read your email on this one particular Tuesday. But I'm guessing probably 20, 30% of your list will be interested enough to open it and learn more about you, and that will deepen their connection with you. So listen, that's one key way, your, uh, your email list. Um, you know, For someone who's so, uh, who's so psycho about this, as you said, um, it's okay. Being organized around this is really great. And challenge yourself to find really interesting ways. And bring it to your team and say, hey, what other ways can we provide value? How, how can we create a, a, a communication that people will be excited to get? They're like, oh, here it comes. Here, this is the cocktail. This is the cocktail email. It comes, uh, comes every, every three months. Like, they'll look forward to it. They really will. Yeah, okay. I, no, I really do like that, especially the story about, um, you know, how we come up with the names. I can't take credit for that. You know, that's one of our partners, uh, Scott Slater. He enjoys coming up with those names, and the, the names are actually 
um, creatures, animals, or plants, or birds that you could find, you know, in the actual understory. That, that's a cool thing about it, yeah. Pop Menu has reimagined the restaurant. They're breaking the mold of the menu, taking the kitchen doors off the hinges, and serving up their most comprehensive technology solution yet. It's called Pop Menu Max. It comes with the previous ingredients you've heard me mention on the podcast. Websites designed with SEO, marketing tools to keep you top of mind with guests, and of course, the patented interactive menu technology. This new recipe brings automated phone answering, third-party online order aggregation, waitlisting, and more to the table. PopMenu's phone answering technology has your ringing phones covered. With artificial intelligence, the simple questions that keep your phone line tied up can now be handled without pulling a staff member from your in-person hospitality. No more missed reservations, asking for your hours, or missed revenue, and that's just the beginning. You have a passion for food. Pop Menu has a passion for technology. Together, it's a restaurant. It's a recipe for restaurant success. Now, even more digital ingredients are in their technology pantry, and Pop Menu is helping restaurants attract, engage, remarket, and transact with their guests on a whole new level. Trust me, if you're a restaurant owner, you need Pop Menu to take your business to the next level. For a limited time only, get $100 off your first month, plus you lock in one flat, unchanging monthly rate. Go to popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy to claim this offer. That's $100 off your first month at popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy. As always, you'll find that link in the show notes. It's, there's, and so here's the other thing, right? You've got a ton of cool stories to tell. You didn't just mm-hmm. open up a bar. You didn't just open up a mm-hmm. cocktail bar. You didn't even yeah. just open up a craft cocktail bar. There's, um, there's a perspective to it. Right. And, mm-hmm. and all the great, all the best businesses have a perspective, have a point of view. Right. Nike has a point of view. Nikon, Apple, um, uh, 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 In-N-Out Burger, whatever it is, they, they have a perspective. Now, as a consumer, you may not like their perspective. You may not. I'm not a Nike person. I'm a, an Adidas person, whatever. That's why there's, you know, Red Sox fans and Yankees fans. But having a perspective is really valuable and sh- sharing that. I mean, that's what you're trying to create, super fans, right? People who believe yeah. what you believe and want to be a part of that, right? That's why we wear, that's why we wear gear when we go to the, the stadium, right? There's yeah. a, a famous marketer, and he says, uh, he's like, t- t- for the life of me, I think it's amazing that adults go and buy jerseys that they would otherwise wear on field, but they would never, they never have the skill set to wear them, but we, we buy them and then go to games, we spend money, you know, buy tickets to games. He's like, it's just weird. And yet we all accept it as normal. And this idea of like this tribal thing, right? You want to create stuff that people can be a part of. Yeah. So talk to me. So when you think about marketing, um, getting organized is really, is really uh, key in there. Running events. Obviously, you're coordinating your events and your downtimes to, to try and beef up downtime business, right? I assume there's sort of a method to, to the madness when you lay out your quarter. Oh, definitely. I want you to look at your, obviously your email strategy there. That's going to be, that's going to be really key. Talk to me about word of mouth. Obviously what you do is really unique. The cocktails you create and all of that word of mouth happens. Do you ever think about how to spark word of mouth? So, we, we think about it um, and our social media marketing manager, she actually, you know, brought it up and she said, hey, you know, right now it's all about if you know, you know, 
but we definitely need to kind of have a mixture of that with, hey, you should know about this place. You should go to this place versus it's the best kept secret in town. So we, we think about, you know, how to uh, increase that word of mouth. Uh, yep. And we, we do that with service. And, and when I say service, I don't mean, you know, transactional service. I mean, hospitable service. Uh, yep. You know, when the guests are, are, are sitting at, at the tables or the booths or the bar top or even when they're walking in, you know, every member of the team is giving them, you know, that great personal experience. Uh, I touch tables, um, my MODs and shift supervisors, they touch tables, the servers, they're touching tables and interacting with guests as if they've known them for a very long time. So, you know, not being your typical or your standard uh, concept where, oh, well, somebody's just going to stop by clean your table, take your order and go. No, somebody's going to stop by, have a conversation with you, talk to you about your shirt or your occasion that you're there, or, you know, just let you know what's going on with us and even get your feedback on the cocktails or the overall experience that you've been having because we are not um, open unless people come in, spend money and enjoy being a part of the understory experience. So we have to, you know, kind of take the, oh, well, I just want them to be here at this point in time, get their money, flip the table and go. No, I want yep. you to be here. I want you to enjoy what it is that we've put our blood, sweat and tears into and kind of, you know, be a part of the team, not just be, you know, a, a guest that comes in. So I think this is a really interesting thing, right? It has been said. So Seth Godin, another famous marketer has said, you know, basically in order to market in the 21st century, we need to do the opposite of Fight Club, right? Mm -hmm. Fight Club was about keeping a secret. You know, there, there is yeah. no Fight Club. We don't talk about Fight Club. And really great products are the opposite of that. You know, I think about like the iPod, right? When the iPod first came out and the design team made the decision to do white headphones and white wires so mm -hmm. that if you were on the subway, if you were on a bus, if you were on a run, and you saw the white wires, you went, oh, they've got an iPod, like, which at the time was a really, really big deal. And yeah. it was like, it was a way of broadcasting, like, this is who I root for. This is what I'm a part of. And so Seth Godin says, you know, anytime you sort of create a brand nowadays, you have to bake it into the recipe of being like, how do we get people to talk about it? We have to create something that people want to talk about. He was talking about therapy when he was explaining this, and he said therapy was stagnant for 100 years, even though we knew that, that, that therapy largely worked. It, it helped us work through uh, our issues and all of that, but nobody wants to go talk about therapy because it's something private. It's, there's, there's shame involved. For a long time, there was. Right? We, we don't talk about, my, you know, you're not like, oh, my God, so I was, I was crying to my therapist, and she's fabulous. you got to go to her. Like, we don't do that. But we do do that, right? Like, oh my, yeah, we went to, yeah, we went there. Oh, it's a great restaurant. Yeah, you got it. Oh my God, you got to go. So how do you make it easier, right? Like, how do you make it easier so that it's just on the tip of someone's tongue? Or, you know, nowadays, you talk about social media. Now it's how do you get people to take pictures and take videos? Like, how do you do, how do you create the kind of experience that people um, can't help but share? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally know what you mean. More than and, just and creating, so yeah, no, go ahead, go ahead. No, I mean, and we, we do that not only, you know, with the experience uh, of the team, we also do it with our cocktails. You know, you mentioned previously about how 
you know, the menu is is a great illustration. So the menu is a great illustration. However, some of the co- well, actually all the cocktails come out exactly, you know, how they're pictured in the uh, the menu, you know, with the garnish, with the specific rim, or just that elegant experience that you normally wouldn't get at home, but you can make the cocktail at home. But the experience that you would get when you come to Understory with the garnish, uh, with the presentation, and just with the overall feeling of, wow, this is a great cocktail. Wow, I'm in yeah. a great atmosphere. You know, getting all of that is, you know, kind of goes into it. And so, you know, more and more, I think we have to make that more obvious. That like a really great garnish, a really great rim, even a really beautiful glass or some great color of the spirit or whatever. I think we just have to make it more obvious. Um, there's a guy named Stephen Hall, a friend of mine. He runs Hall PR here in New York City. He has all these great, uh, fantastic clients. Uh, but I've sat through enough dinners with him, and one of his biggest critiques always is he'll always say, well, where's the drama? There's no drama. Drama on the plate, drama on the flavors, the way it's garnished, the way it's presented. Um, he's like, there should be a service flourish. There should be a service touch here. Not not to be gimmicky or, or whatever it is, but how do, we, how do we make it more interesting than anything else we've ever seen? Like, how do you make, um, like, where's the drama in understory? Uh, and I'm sure there is some. Mm-hmm. I always talk about speed bumps, right? Like, anytime you go around a school, I've got a school nearby my house, and there are speed bumps roughly every 20 feet, and it is so annoying to go down that road because every 20 feet, it's speed bumps, and it's like a school and then a, and then a, a, a a county park. And so there's just speed bumps for like, I don't know, half a mile. I mean, it's ludicrous. But they put a bunch of speed bumps because they say somebody's going to get, you're, you're going you're gonna to get one of them. Now, if you happen to be me going from where I am to the highway, you're going to get all 30 of them. Um, <laughs> but they put enough speed bumps so that everyone's going to be sure to get at least one. And so I always <laughs> say when it comes to these touches, like, how can you put enough touches either in the presentation, in the service, sort of the, the, the performance of it, the way it is? How can you do enough of those so that everyone gets at least one over the course of their meal there? So it's not like it's not like it's magic tricks one after the other, but, you know, this one's got us a flourish when we when we present it to the table. This one's got, you know, a really unique garnish. This one's got a really unique piece of glassware. This one... So how do you, how can you level up and, and sort of challenge yourself having never been there? I've never been there. So I'm sure you're doing a bunch of this, but how can you say, Hey, this is going to be the most talked about cocktail bar in the country. Yeah. And then however you define talked about, what can you do to get that thing talked about? You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, we, and I, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, we talk about it weekly, uh, monthly, uh, myself, the partners and our social media marketing manager. Um, and you know, some of that goes back to why we started, you know, doing table side cocktails. Um, so we do a monthly table side cocktail where the cocktail is made in front of you. So it isn't your traditional martini old fashioned or margarita. This is a different cocktail that we just give you a full experience and we give you all the attention for this one cocktail. And just to give you an example, uh, for the month of May, we're making a Chipotle uh, margarita and, you know, we have a, a mortar and pestle, you know, we're mixing, you know, paste and uh, spices and sauces in that. Uh, I mean, so it's, it's a, of course it's a $20 cocktail, but you're getting 
like a full, like elegant um, experience to where this is, this is a gourmet deal here. You know, this isn't your typical margarita. This is something where you're like, wow, there's different layers of different flavors. And then the experience there, because now you get to sit there with your camera Put it on Instagram. Hey, this is what was made, you know, for me yep. in front of me at Understory. So that's kind of like what we're doing, uh, and you know, definitely taking a page from your book and giving them that experience is going to have them talk about it while they're there. Something we're going to put on Instagram and remember uh, and share with their friends. It's funny. Last year, when I was at Bar and Restaurant Expo, I was staying at the Sahara. So I went to Jose Andres restaurant which is in the ground floor there. And I sat at the bar and I was having a cocktail beforehand and I ordered a, it was a riff on an aviation and the bartender, as she's like, she's stirring it and everything, just getting ready to pour it. And she goes, Oh, you might want to get your camera. Um, uh, everyone, everyone always loves to videotape this. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I went and I got my phone and I started recording and she pours the drink in. And then she got this other glass that had like a little cloud. There was like a gas in there or something. She took a, a bar spoon and sort of scooped out some of the cloud and like just put it on top of the drink. And it was like this, it was like, cha- it was like moving over the glass. It was, and it dissipated after like 60 seconds or so. But like she basically poured a cloud over top of the glass and it just hovered there above the drink, this like purplish blue drink for like a minute or so. And I, so I took the video of her pouring it and her scooping out the cloud and the cloud sort of dancing above the glass. And I was like, that was awesome. I've, I've, never, I've never seen anything like it. I've been in the industry for 23 years. I travel all over the country, really all over the world to, to have interesting dining experiences and work with clients. And I've never seen that. Like, and somewhere in that restaurant, they challenged themselves to do something that no one had ever seen. And there are like... Yes. Um, thousand different examples of stuff like that but i was like not only did they do it but they prompted they trained they got the bartender to just cue the diner and say hey you might want to videotape this like everyone loves this and and i did because what why would i not like she was just she was nice about it and so i always use that example so the cool part is that you go back to your team and then it get you get buy-in from everybody you say hey listen I want to come up with 15 of these touches. I think we already got five. I want another 15 of these. And and because what I want to do is I want to get a lot of user-generated content. I want to make sure that people are photographing and videoing and, and posting every single night. And we're going to measure this by looking at how much user-generated content w- gets posted and we get tagged on every single week. It's, it's a metric you, you can measure so you can see whether it's moving in the right direction or just plateauing. Yeah. I mean, and we, we do challenge ourselves uh, to kind of be better um, with each new menu that comes out or each monthly cocktail that we do or each uh, LTO that we do. Yep. So it's our job as operators to make sure that our team uh, enjoys what it is that they do, uh, whether it's coming to work, coming up with new cocktails, but giving them the ownership that, listen, when you're behind the bar, when you're on the floor, this is, this is where you belong. This is what you enjoy yep. to do. I want you to be happy here um, because if you're happy here as a person, as an employee, you're going to excel in all expectations and, you know, giving them that ownership of, hey, we have this event coming up. This is the theme. Give us some cocktails. We'll put it on the menu. Uh, And the team really does enjoy that. And so and when you challenge them, like it's not enough to, you know, I always say. So uh, when we I I worked at a restaurant that uh, sort of did this, like you came up with the recipe. 
there was some interesting quirk about the presentation or the, you know, either how it was plated or how it was actually presented at the table. And then there was always a story involved. So mm -hmm. what's the story about this dish? Oh, this is a riff on such and such, and the chef, uh, you know, the chef remembered his first time, blah, blah, blah. There was a story about that. Or this is a riff on that, or this is a take on this, or this is sort of a mashup, or this is the chef's, you know, uh, grandmother's recipe, but he's using it in a unique way. Like, there was always a story. There was something unique about it. There was something unique about the, the product that was on the plate or the recipe itself. So there was always a quirk something about the plating or the presentation, and then there was always a story. And so I sort of leave that to you and vis-a-vis and -vis you, all of the listeners here. If you challenge yourself to not only come with a great recipe, but come up with a quirk, meaning something interesting, unique, remarkable, about either the plating or the presentation, right? Same thing goes with cocktails. Um, mm -hmm. And come up with a story about it. Um, and when I was uh, in there, all the menu descriptions had the recipe, had all the allergies, had a picture of the presentation, talked about the quirk and then shared the story. And you basically had to memorize it, just like you had to know what was in the, what was in the dish, what was in the cocktail. You also had to know the story of the dish. Um, because in reality, we're sharing the stories of the dish uh, much more than the recipe. We're, we're sharing the, you know, the, the service flourish um, is what people experience much more than, the, than even the recipe. So th that's the way that people can, um, uh, can partake in it, can be, a, can be a part of it. And here's the reality, right? Is that like, yeah. it's the best of times, it's the worst of times. <laughs> like, uh, if, I have a friend of mine that does this. He's a, he's a screenwriter. And he says, like, famously, like, I love romantic comedies. Like, I love really good romantic comedies. And every time a bad one comes out or a mediocre one comes out, um, he, his voice sort of rings in my ear. He said, you just, you don't have the luxury of putting out a mediocre uh, romantic comedy. Like, you are now writing in a, in a post-Harry Met Sally world. Like, Harry Met Sally exists. It is probably the, the, the best romantic comedy we'll, we'll ever have. Um, and we just, you can't, it, the bar has been set. Why do something that's not, that doesn't at least try to be that good? And the same thing is true with restaurants and cocktail bars. And, right, like there are great cocktail bars all over the, the world yes. now. And you uh, have the, uh, the great misfortune of having to exist in a world uh, where other great cocktail bars are, but if you sort of take that challenge and say, "Well, we're going to get we're going to get better," I mean, just like the Navy SEAL, right? Yeah. Hardest, you know, easiest day we ever had was yesterday. That's yeah. right, because there's new, interesting stuff coming out, and you have to keep challenging yourself to get better and better. Yeah. Talk to me. One of the things that we talked about when we spoke a few weeks ago, and you mentioned it earlier on in this conversation. So, one of your challenges is number one to sort of even out those the revenue, right? And try to get better at sniffing out the good days and the bad days and, and all of that. And I think we use that to talk about marketing and, and I hope you take some of this stuff and sort of run with it because um, ultimately it will make an impact on, on the bottom line. But talk to me about top line because you said one of the big uh, goals for yourself is to grow top line revenue five to 8% every single year. Talk to me about how you arrive at that number and how you hit those targets. Yeah. So, um, you know, every quarter, uh, the partners will sit me down. It's like, Chance, this is what we want to see. Get it done. Um, so then I, I take that. And of course, I split it up between the three months per quarter. Um, and I look at one, the holidays that are going on in those months. 
I look at, you know, um, the weekends or any concerts that are going on uh, and just think about, okay, well, let's just create our own events. Let's just create our own experience. Um, You know, that's how we came up with the theme nights where, you know, once a month we have a specific theme that we're doing. And it's never the same theme. It's always something different. Uh, but we do have our our house theme, which is like nocturnal slash Tulum. Um, and so we, we do things like that. Um, Thursday through Saturday, we think about, all right, so we're here. Now let's increase the top line on, on these busy nights. And then the Monday through Wednesday, we can figure out a way to, you know, kind of bring it up those days. But like you said, you know, industry standard Monday through Wednesday, it is what it is. So Thursday yep. through Sunday, that's when you need to like focus and increase those. And so that's what we do. We build uh, our calendar. Uh, we build our experiences, you know, Thursday through Sunday, as well as, you know, um, you know, marketing for uh, partial buyouts, full buyouts, or just, you know, having a, a lot more large parties to come in and celebrate their birthdays, weddings, engagements, you know, yep. uh, whatever the case may be. So that's the the other way we can do it is just having, you know, the, the large events um, come in and do some things with us. Uh, we, you know, are working on doing some, you know, charitable events, uh, even though one thing that, you know, people will forget about charitable events People who come and support charities, those are now new customers for you. You know, people who would have never have gone to your space now have the opportunity to come and visit. Oh, this is nice. I've never been here before. And we do it all the time with, you know, um, the event spaces, uh, the private parties, the partial buyouts and the large parties. There's always some people in that group that never have been to our space. And then when they come back, they're like, yeah, you remember me? I was here. And we, we always do. Um, and sure. we say, yeah, you know, it was definitely a great time and they enjoy themselves. And so the goal is always, you know, no matter if it's an event or if it's just a Monday or if it's something, a special occasion that someone is there, the idea is to give them the experience, not for this visit, but for the third, fourth and fifth visit that we're yeah. trying to get out of that guest. So I want to go back and I want to talk quickly about private events. So not necessarily sort of the, the charity events, but private events. Mm-hmm. Because, I, I mean, you said it yourself. I think this is a key opportunity for you to grow sales on Sunday through Wednesday night, for example. Mm-hmm. Assuming Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, you're, you're maxed and maybe oh, yeah. you're going to get some incremental increases. Same thing with Sunday brunch. But then Sunday through Wednesday night, let's say there's plenty of room, plenty of opportunity to grow. So talk to me about who do you guys have an events department? Do you have somebody who heads up that, um, those efforts? Yes. So we do have an events manager, um, and you know, her job is to get a uh, market for us for, you know, those partial or full buyouts and yep. also to kind of, you know, handle, uh, those, uh, individuals who are doing them. And when I say handle answering all the emails, the calls, yep. uh, because they're stressing out. So it's your job to make sure that they're not stressing out. Um, so that's, that's you know, what we do for, you know, the private, partial, and full buyouts. Um, the difference is with our space, because we are, you know, specifically a bar, we don't purpose our food. We have to work with the surrounding concepts to make sure, you know, that the food needs are met. Um, so it seems like a really easy that seems like a really easy partnership given the proximity, right? Oh, definitely. It's it's it seems easy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, because if we have a full buyout, that's 158 people um, that we can house. So not only do they have to provide for our space, 
but they also have to continue with their regular service. So, yep. you know, this planning, planning it all around, um, whether they want one concept or they want a little bit of something from all the nine concepts that surround us, that's where we kind of have that advantage of if you do your event with us, you don't have to just stick to Italian or sushi. You can have a little bit of everything. Yep. It could be, do you, you know, have, do you have uh, like an exclusivity agreement with them that you have to use them for your food service? No, we don't. Uh, but we just, we're very diplomatic and it makes it easier for us uh, just to literally walk two steps and like, Hey guys, listen, um, on May 12th, we have this party of a hundred that's coming in. Uh, they want to suck this off of your menu. Um, can we do it? And if they can, we'll do it. If they can't, then we'll just move on to a different concept and let the guests know that they can't provide it. Or we do what is yep. known as the taste of sky deck. So we have two packages, uh, for the taste of sky deck. We have a basic and a premium. Um, the basic, it's literally just something from all the restaurants, uh, same as a premium, but the premium comes with, you know, tomahawks, uh, wagyu steaks. Uh, and, you know, a, a huge sushi tower. So, you know, it kind of give them that full experience. And yeah, this is, sure. again, from the surrounding concepts. So talk to me about how you generate business here, because for me, that seems like four nights a week that you should be able to fill with, if not buyouts or partial buyouts, even just private events, doing a 10-person birthday party, a 20-person birthday party, things like that, or you know, 30 person corporate event. And I assume you've got sort of semi-private areas. You've got ways you can sort of separate out the, the space. Is that mm -hmm. true? Yeah, we, we do have those areas where we can separate it uh, 10, 20, 30, 40, all the way up to a full buyout. We can definitely do that. We've done it before. Um, we're actually doing it tonight, actually. Um, That's great. Yeah. So, you know, we, we market specifically to them via, you know, email, um, social media marketing, um, targeted ads, uh, but those are also strategic and separate from our weekly emails. You know, we'll do one of those once a month. Yep. So in order, so then, so let's talk about what we're talking about. Cause now we're talking about sales. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about an inbound strategy and an outbound strategy. Inbound is obviously you're trying to get people to go to your site and fill out the inquiry form about hosting a party. And so you do that through email, you do that through targeted ads on social media. Um, what other ways do you try to drive calls or try to drive inquiry emails? So um, this is actually perfect uh, timing to talk about this. We've created um, what's called a, a cocktail kit. So, you know, most people, they'll do like old fashioned kits or do, they'll do a margarita kit. So instead of giving them a free recipe via email, we're actually building one of our top selling cocktails and putting it in a kit and going around and doing guerrilla marketing to um, companies that are surround that surround us, you know, whether yeah. it be a law firm, real estate uh, agents, or even um, biotech companies. Uh, so we're doing, you know, that guerrilla marketing as well as, you know, talking to uh, other business owners in um, the neighboring um, businesses, you know. Okay. Yeah, so when they want to do team outings, uh, when they want to celebrate their business anniversary, or they just want to go out and have a good time, you know, we encourage them, why go all the way over here, all the way over there? Just, you know, go yep. change clothes and come visit us. So, okay, so you, you, jump, you jumped me here. So that's oh. your outbound, so that's an outbound strategy, meaning how do you go, how do you go out and generate business on your own? 
So I would urge you to think separately about these. So how are you, what are you doing to generate calls, to get the phone to ring, to get the email to come in? That's a, that's a one set of actions. Okay. And then on the other side is that what are you doing to actually go actively find business? So I'm glad you're talking about how you've got this outbound strategy um, in place. How long has that been in place for? So that has been in place. This is April. So we've been working on it since the beginning of April. Like I said, I'm a planner. Uh, I would rather, you know, measure five times and cut once than just go out there and spitball. So, you know, this is something that we've been putting together since the beginning of April that we roll out uh, at the second week of May, not the first week because it's Cinco de Mayo. So the second week of May, we roll this out. Uh, We'll do guerrilla marketing or what we used to call it in the nightlife industry, cookie patrol. Uh, So this is when we're going to the surrounding businesses and, you know, letting them know who we are and not even just the surrounding businesses, but businesses that are in 10 to 15 mile radiuses and saying, hey, you know, you can do power lunches with us. Yeah. So you guys haven't done this yet. You're just getting all this together and you're going to start this in a couple of weeks. Did I understand Mm -hmm. you right? Yes. Great. Here's the trick here. You can't just go and give it to the secretary. No. You've got to you've got to figure out who the gatekeeper is yes. because there's one person who books all the events, right? Yeah. And so this is where a lot of people uh, say, "Hey, I want to grow my catering business. I go and drop off a bunch of tacos at the place, and everybody eats the tacos, and then nobody knows who to follow up with." So talk to me about how you're going to get specific and targeted about that, about getting to the gatekeeper. So with that, uh, first you do have to go through the secretary to find out who the gatekeeper is. Yes. Uh, and, you know, doing that, um, we have kind of like a two-way tiered system of doing that. So I'm taking the system that I used when I was in the nightlife of, you know, myself and, and a nice-looking gentleman, a nice-looking young lady, and we're just going out as a, as a team effort and talking to people. So the secretary, we're talking to her, and we're giving her, you know, a little thank you. And then she's pointing us in the right direction. And then we are talking to the gatekeeper and sharing, you know, our events package, uh, as well as hey, this is, you know, the type of things that we do. And that's the uh, cocktail that we have in the, the cocktail kit that we have. Uh, and then we even invite them for lunch uh, with, with their group uh, just to Great. get the full experience. Uh, even though with us, uh, we want people to drink and eat. You know, when they come in for lunch, they can definitely order the food. Uh, and if they just want to do mocktails or non-alcoholics, that's totally fine as well. But I want to get you in, let you see the space, let you fill the space and kind of say, okay, I can see us being here and doing power lunches, birthday parties, corporate events, or end-of-year uh, gatherings yep. here. So that, yep. you know, we're getting that face-to-face and then, you know, using our actual space as our own marketing billboard. Great. So I've got two pieces of advice that I'm just going to offer you here. Okay. Number one, I would say come up with some low-hanging fruit. Aside from just the businesses that you're going to go and sort of cold call on, Here's, it's, this is the piece of advice I give all my clients. Create a list of 50 businesses and figure out who you know that works at that business. It can be two degrees away. Oh, it's my, you know, it's my friend's sister. Figure out who can connect you. Because if you can get somebody, if you can find yourself connected to somebody who can connect you to the gatekeeper, 
it's going to be that much easier rather than sort of showing up, knocking on a door, trying to sweet talk a secretary, try and pull the gatekeeper out from her desk or his desk to come talk to you. Mm-hmm. If you can get somebody, if you can basically create a list of warm leads instead of cold leads, um, you'll find much better success, especially for this first go around. Okay. There will come a time where you'll exhaust everybody's contacts, but between the people you know, the uh, your uh, the two owners, between all the people they know, between your other managers, your bartenders, everybody has family and friends and sisters and brothers and colleagues that work places. So I would come up with a list of like warm leads, and that's where I would start the, these efforts. Okay. The other thing that I would do, because you'll just find a lot more friendly faces. The, the next thing I would do is I would map out your cadence. The first touch is a phone call, followed by an email, followed by a drop-in, followed by an invite to get drinks, followed by a, like, what are the touch points that get them from, hey, I've never heard of that place before, to I'm definitely going to book an event at that place. Mm-hmm. What are all the touch points? Because it's not enough, and this is uh, where a lot of places fail, they go in, they cold call, they meet the secretary, secretary introduces them to the office manager who books all the parties or the executive assistant. They come out, you give that cocktail kit, and it's great, and you say, so think of us next time. And that there's no plan for follow-up, right? That right there, you need them, so it's an old sales thing, right? And, and maybe you've heard this before. It, it's never a no. It's either yes or not now. Yeah. So. Everything you're looking for is get them to say yes to something. So understand what you're trying to do when you come down. So when you speak to the secretary, you're trying to get her to say, yes, I will go grab the executive assistant who handles all of the booking. When you meet the assistant, you're going to give the cocktail kit and say, and understand what you want from that thing. All you want from that thing is to get that person down to the place, to the bar. Say, hey, you know, I'd love it. If you've never seen it before, I'd love for, you know, bring you and a guest. You know, two of you come down, uh, our, our guest, have a couple of cocktails. I'll show you around. We'll get to show you the space um, so you can see what, see what we're all about. It'll be, you know, it, it, you know, our compliments. We'd love to be able to show you around. You're just getting them to say yes to a date and get their name, their phone number, and their email so that you can book a, a reservation for them. So that you can call them back and confirm them the day before. Say, hey, I just want to make sure you're still on board. We've, we got a great table. You know, we got a couch for you. We got a table for you. Whatever that is. Does that make sense? No, it makes perfect sense. So understand what you want from someone at every touch point. Come up with the warm leads. You, there will be a time when you're going to do just cold leads, but start with the warm leads, and then build out your cadence. Understand what you want them to say yes to at this touch point, at the next touch point, at the next touch point. At some point, it's going to have to be like, so what events do you have coming up? We'd love to be able to take care of you here. And it's either, yes, we will do this next event, or that's fine, you've got nothing coming up, or you've already booked something else, you're looking for a different kind of place. Can I touch base with you in a month or two just to, just to hear, what, you know, make sure, uh, you know, just to touch base again? just to make sure there isn't something you've got coming up, that, uh, a way that we can take care of you. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, it, 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 it actually makes a, a lot lot more sense. And this is definitely something, I, again, our meeting this week, I can bring this up. Yep. This is, I think this is your biggest way to grow. And as you plan out the events, as you're talking to people, I would be really, I would be really upfront and say to the executive assistants, to the office managers, 
you know, we specifically have room Sunday through Wednesday night. We can offer, you know, we can offer a more generous package on those nights because we're typically less busy and we'd love to get you in. It's a little bit of like, hey, let me help you. You're going to help me. You got no room on a Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. For you to do a buyout on Saturday night, you got to right. charge 175% of whatever revenue you're generating. Yeah. Because you have to, number one, replace the lost revenue, but also make it worth pissing off two, 300 people who would otherwise come in and have drinks with you on that Saturday night. So it's just not worth it for you to shut the place down. Yeah. But on a Monday night, on a Tuesday night, absolutely. So I would start with places that would generally do an event on a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday night. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that's, that's perfect to target definitely Sunday through Wednesday for those events. Yeah. So, uh, listen, uh, I've, I've loved this conversation. I think this is great. I think it's awesome what you do. Hopefully, you got some value out of this. I always do. Every time I do coaching, we always end with our action items to sort of make sure you know what you're going to do next. Okay. So, talk to me about what you're doing next. And you're taking some notes. So, we talked about the private events, right? To work backwards. That's what you're going to focus on here. What else is on your is on your action item list? Uh, the email, the email list, um, yep. being more uh, consistent with those, uh, but not yep. in a uh, a spamming way. More of a you know ed ei way. Um, also being more strategic on how we uh, market for the uh, private events. Um, yep. And then just the overall experience, you know, that the guests receive when they're with us and when they're not with us, they get them to think about us. Think about the speed bumps. So you make it so that on average, everyone will get at least one or two speed bumps over the course of their of their time there with you, what whatever that is. And I've seen speed bumps are like the bathroom. Like I worked at a restaurant, we opened it and there was one bathroom that had all the street art in the middle. Like mm -hmm. on every wall, so there was four uh, four unisex bathrooms, and only one of them had this graffiti, had this like street art, and people were like, "Dude, the bathrooms are crazy, right?" And everybody else at the table would be like, "I don't know, man, mine was pretty normal." <laughs> and somebody was like, "I was just in this crazy like there was like you know graffiti lobsters and black light and and all that," and so suddenly then people are trying to find the the street art thing, like that's a it's a speed bump, so they came across it, they talked about it, other people were like, I don't know what you're talking about, I'm gonna go find it, they go find it, they talk about it, you know. So think about the speed bumps, what are, uh, not everyone has to get all of them, but mm -hmm. how do you make sure that everyone gets like two over the course of their meal? Okay. Yeah, awesome. Um, Chance, listen, I I've loved this conversation, uh, like I said, I hope you got a lot of value out of it, I hope you sort of go forth and I, I love that you're taking notes, I love it. Uh, the coach in me loves that you because again, none of this matters unless you take action on it. So yeah. I would say the same thing to the same thing to the uh, the listeners. The reason why I've uh, been doing more of these is because I know other people out there are going to get value from our conversation. Yes. Um, so we sort of lift the veil, we peek behind the curtain, like this is what coaching is. Talk about what's working, and then talk about how to make it work more. Look for our uh, opportunities here Sunday through Wednesday night. Those are our opportunities. Now we're building a plan. A strategy for actually growing the revenue in those areas. Um, we didn't get to touch on profitability. That's always my sweet spot. I love doing that, but we'll save that for another conversation. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll have you back. Uh, listen, before I let you go, uh, tell people where they can find out more about the bar if they want to come visit you. 
Definitely. Uh, so we are on Instagram at at understory bar. Uh, then also our website is understorybar.com. Uh, so you can see our content on uh, Instagram and then you can actually check out our digital menu uh, on our website and any upcoming events. You better go check out this cocktail menu. It is so awesome. Uh, all you. those links are going to be in the show notes. So, uh, so no fear. Um, Chance, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day. Again, I hope you got something out of this and uh, we will talk before long. Thank you. Appreciate it. Once again, I want to thank Chance for taking the time out of his day to sit and chat with me, for sharing his story, for being so open uh, to having this conversation. It's not easy to uh, to do coaching uh, at any point. Certainly not uh, not easy to do coaching when uh, thousands and thousands of people are listening to it. I appreciate all you guys being here. I hope you got some value out of this episode. Again, if you're curious to learn more about my mastermind program, uh, get in touch. Visit restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. Set up a free call. You'll get to learn more about the program. We'll get to learn more about you and your restaurant so we can see if you guys might be a good fit for the program. Again, I appreciate you being here. Thanks for everything, and I will see you next time.